Welcome to The Art of Intimate Marriage with Dr. Jennifer Conzin. Sensitive yet frank advice for enjoying every benefit of one of God's most fundamental gifts. Dr. Conzin is a licensed marriage and family counselor, sex therapist, as well as an adjunct professor, award-winning researcher, author, and speaker. With today's conversation on the biblical approach to fulfilling intimacy in marriage, here's Jennifer. Good morning. This is Dr. Jennifer Conzin with The Art of Intimate Marriage. And we've been spending about the last seven or eight, can't remember the number, of broadcasts talking about questions that singles have. The majority of this broadcast is about marital sexuality. However, we took a bit of a break there and talking about the kind of questions that singles and teens and campus students have. Well, we're going to do some more on answering questions for married couples. So these are questions that come directly to us, to me professionally and in workshops that I do when I do them with my husband from married individuals about their sexual relationships. So we're just going to go straight through some of those. And I hope this is helpful. So some of these really have to do with physiologically how sex goes. One woman asked, how do I enjoy sex if there is a difficulty feeling my husband's penis during intercourse? Well, isn't this rather a blunt question and a great way to start off this broadcast, right? You know, physiologically, how sexual pleasure works is different for every male and female. What's important to know is that the vagina itself is a long, flat tube that is flat most of the time. And during childbirth, during sex, and so on, it's more of an open tube. And the first third of that tube, meaning the part closest to the outside of the body, the first third of that is most of the nerves. In other words, the last two-thirds of the vagina don't have many nerve endings, so you physiologically don't feel a lot back in there unless there's actually pain, unless there's scar tissue or unless you're ovulating and you're feeling sensitive back closer to the cervix and the ovaries are tender. And so sometimes thrusting during ovulation can be tender. If there's any kind of scarring, there'll be more pain. However, the actual nerves that say, hello, um, there's something touching me here, are there aren't many of those in the vagina except for that first part, meaning just right from the opening and a little way back in. So you're not actually gonna feel the penis very deeply. Mostly what this pro- person is probably asking is, Um, uh, you know, is the thrusting during intercourse what brings somebody to orgasm? And the reality is, no, for most women, about 70% of women, they don't reach orgasm just through intercourse. In other words, it's actually the clitoral stimulation, not the vaginal stimulation per se, that leads most people to orgasm. There are people that do not stimulate the clitoris at all and and do say that they experience orgasms. But for most women, like 70% of women, they say in the research that they need direct stimulation to the clitoris. In other words, the stimulation that does happen during intercourse isn't enough to create an orgasm. They need direct stimulation to the head and shaft of the clitoris, which is slightly above the vaginal opening. And for most women, 
uh, the thrusting during intercourse just doesn't bring enough stimulation to the clitoris, even though the clitoris does. If you've listened or read anything else um, from our books or on our website or in the previous broadcasts that do describe how the clitoris does come around the vagina. So there is stimulation to the legs of the clitoris as they come around the vagina. However, for most women, that's just not enough. So it's just important to know that the majority of women don't actually feel a lot of internal sensation of the penis, maybe back where it hits the, the cervix, where you can actually feel pressure along the, service, uh, the cervix each time the, the penis goes all the way in. So how do I enjoy sex if there's difficulty feeling the penis? Well, it may mean that you need more stimulation to your clitoris. What that means is that while the husband is thrusting, Either you stimulate your clitoris or he stimulates your clitoris in some matter, or he stimulates you before thrusting, before entering, and before intercourse. In other words, he brings you to pleasure and then to orgasm with his hands, his fingers, his tongue, and so on. Um, that would be direct stimulation to the clitoris. So it's important to know physiologically what's going on and that maybe perhaps for this individual asking this, they have an expectation that the thrusting will cause orgasm, and it may not for that individual, and you would be in the norm there. So let's ask another physiological question. Can sex... Um, cause or bring back bleeding, uh, especially during the menstrual period. So for some individuals, after they have sex, they'll spot afterwards. And maybe they've already finished their period, but they'll have some spotting. That's something to actually ask your gynecologist is, is this problematic? How abnormal is it? It honestly depends on if this is just it's re-releasing some fluids that are still back up in there or it's actually an issue of there might be some fibroids and you might need to get that checked out. So those kinds of questions on if you are having bleeding after sex, that would be a great question for your gynecologist. It could be that you've got uh, just some extra flow or that's coming out because um, the stimulation or the Sometimes what will happen is the ejaculate will bring down some of the extra fluid still in the body, some of the menstrual fluid and blood still in the body. But it also might mean that you have some issues physiologically that you need to get checked out. All right. Now, just so you know, these questions initially that I'm sharing with you all came from women who said that their sex life was going well. I'm going to share with you some um about from women where sex was not going well and what their questions were. So this individual asks, what about exploring anal sex and do you have any tips on anal sex? Someone else also asked, is anal sex safe? And I'll tell you this, uh, it's not unusual at all. In fact, every single workshop I've done on sexuality, either on my own, either professionally, either with my husband, any kind of workshop to married couples the, and actually to single individuals where we're teaching about sexuality, anal sex is always brought up. Somebody is always asking. So I really appreciate that these a number of individuals have brought this up at workshops we've been at. And Again, um, you can go back and listen to previous broadcasts, but one of the things I've talked about is that these are decisions that couples do have to make about what they're going to include in their sexual repertoire, whether they're going to use a vibrator, whether they're going to use Viagra, whether they're going to use different positions, whether they're going to use a lubricant, whether they're going to incorporate anal sex. The reality is um, some 
individuals, obviously predominantly men, will say that they're, they get more pleasure out of anal sex because the anal passage is tighter and so on. The reality is, the um, as far as what can be, is it safe? I'm going to answer that first, is that the tissues of the anus are not built the same way that the tissues of the vagina are. The tissues of the vagina are flexible. They have all kinds of ripples in them. That That's why when lubricated and uh, when the penis is thrusting, there's a lot of give and take and there's a lot of lubrication that allows that give and take to be slick and enjoyable. The anus does not, the anal cavity does not have that lubrication and it does not have that flexibility. And so you have a much higher chance of getting a ripping and tearing of the tissues and then, of course, any kind of anal sex brings with it the possibility of having fecal material come into the vagina and the other parts of the female sexual anatomy, which can cause infections and so on. And so you have to pay attention to all the different physiological problems that can come with anal sex. They are much, much higher than they are with vaginal sex. And so, yes, there are issues of safety with anal sex as far as medical safety. Um, couples have to decide whether to include that in their repertoire. And so what I do is I tell people to use my what's allowed list. This is a list of eight questions that couples can sit down and each question has a scripture after it. And they can sit down and ask those questions together about that particular practice. And the first question is, is there anything in the scriptures that show that it's against the scriptures? And the second, uh, several of the other questions after that are, is it against someone's conscience? What is the fruit of it if you put it into practice? Think questions like that. So you can find that in our book, actually in both of our books, The Art of Intimate Marriage and Redeemed Sexuality, have this list of questions that you can go over together and decide if you want to include that in your sexual repertoire. As far as tips and exploring anal sex, um, I think I will leave that up to you. All right, let's look at this next question. Is it okay to think of someone else while having sex to get aroused? And this gets asked a lot on, you know, do I have to, you know, if I've had a background think, doing pornography and so I, in order to feel aroused, go back to those images. I work with individuals that their attractions, they do have same-sex attractions, and yet they they believe that they shouldn't um, live according to that attraction. So they're, they are married to a spouse of the opposite sex, and yet they do find themselves having um, using erotic thoughts about same-sex uh, activity in order to become aroused with their spouse. Um, sometimes, often, that's a obviously a lot lower percentage. The majority of people that bring up thinking about other thoughts are they read books. So this would be for women. It would be reading sexual or romantic novels or watching romantic movies. Or they've looked at pornography and they've had to picture them. This is true for men and women. Men will tell me this a lot that they'll that they because of how much they've watched pornography, they end up um, keeping these pictures in their minds in order to reach orgasm, in order to reach, keep their erection. And so this isn't just a women's question, although today I'm going over questions that women ask. Men ask this one as well. What do we do with these images in our mind that do help us to become aroused? And so what I tell people that whatever pictures in your mind you're using, biblically, 
biblically. Matthew, Jesus talks about it in Matthew, that anytime we think about another person lustfully, it's committing adultery. So this would fall under that same question on my what's allowed list is, is it prohibited by scripture? Well, biblically, thinking about someone else isn't in God's plan. It is not what we're supposed to be engaging in. So what I tell couples is you need to replace those pictures and replace those pictures with your spouse. In other words, keep your eyes open when you have sex. Uh, Keep your eyes open when your spouse is bringing you to orgasm. Keep your ears open. Listen to the sounds. Listen to the enjoyable sounds coming out of your spouse's or your mouth (laughs) during release, sexual release, during orgasm. Keep your eyes open that those are the pictures that you're viewing in your mind. But so that's one thing is replacing the pictures. But the reality is it does take some time to reroute those thoughts. And it often means that the kind of intimacy in marriage that makes women feel aroused isn't always sexual. Sometimes it's romantic. In other words, picturing a romantic time or romantic kissing or a candlelight time together or caressing that's not happening in their marital relationship helps them be aroused. The reality is that needs to come into your marital relationship, that that kissing and touching needs to happen between you and your husband, and you keep your eyes open so you can see that and that you can remember those pictures and re- in your mind and, and remember the sensations that those activities brought to you. So really what we're talking about here is fantasy. And when you look at Song of Solomon, all of the fantasy is about each other and about what each other does to one another and about each other's bodies. And so it does take time if you have a background in thinking about other things to reroute your brain. But can that happen? Absolutely. It does take some pretty concentrated focus to do that. And do people find that changing? Yes, I have individuals, couples that are in my office where they definitely share about how now they're just thinking about their spouse and they're having wonderful thoughts and memories, and that's really helping their arousal. So we're going to keep going on some questions that women have. Today, we've so far explored some of the physiological ones on uh, arousal uh, by the husband's penis during intercourse. We've talked about anal sex, and we've talked about the pictures in people's minds. We're going to continue, but I want to share with you what you're listening to. This broadcast is podcasted on my website, The Art of Intimate Marriage. You can go back and listen to previous, all kinds of previous uh, entries there on a large number of different topics. So go on to theartofintimatemarriage.com and listen to those. You can buy our book, The Art of Intimate Marriage, that you can find on Amazon and multiple other um, avenues that you can pick up that book. And then... Uh, The reality is this is a listener-supported ministry. You can definitely go onto our website and follow that link there to support this ministry if you want to continue hearing it in other parts of the United States or for a longer amount of time. And we also give a lot of different practicals on our website on how to really enhance your marital relationship, how to deal with purity and all kinds of different questions that people have. You can also see a link there for our cards that we encourage couples to use to help them with their overall communication as well as their sexual communication. So you can send me questions at any time that you hear this. You may be hearing it long after it was originally played on the radio, and you can send me questions at jenniferconson at yahoo.com. I just got one from somebody that they listened to one of my talks, and they sent me an email this week asking a question. 
And it was an, uh, a talk that was done actually several months ago. So feel free, send the questions at any time. So let's go ahead and continue on some of the questions that women have about sex. Uh, these are married women's questions. If in previous broadcasts, it's been on singles. And so here's some more. How long, <laughs> I love this one. This is from a wife. How long is too long for something to be considered delayed ejaculation? And so one of the terms about um, male sexual dysfunction is called delayed ejaculation. In other words, where they thrust for any length, for a long length of time, and they either don't reach orgasm, which can definitely happen for a multiple different reasons, or it takes them a long time to reach orgasm. The reality is the answer to that is greatly different depending on circumstances and age. Men take a longer time to reach orgasm as they age, and this has to do with a, lo a long list of factors, and one of them is definitely testosterone, and it does have to do with health, overall health, just aging itself does and medications have an impact on how long it takes to reach orgasm? So yes, as men age, they'll go from quickly reaching orgasm to reaching orgasm in a much longer length of time. So the typical male in research has shown the typical male reaches orgasm between two and five minutes. So it isn't unusual for an older male in his probably more like 50s, 60s, definitely even later into their 70s, where it's taking more like 10, sometimes as much as 15 minutes. There are men that I've worked with that it takes them even much longer than that. And so what that means is being super creative about what kind of stimulation, you know, that if it's just intercourse, that might be problematic and you might need to mix it up where you're using your hand, you're using your mouth, he's using his hand, he's going between your thighs or between your breasts or and then also intercourse. So there's a lot of different ways to bring that, that thrusting about, a lot of different creative fun ways. It does take men typically a much shorter amount of time to reach orgasm. Women tend to take about 20 to 30 minutes to reach orgasm. There are some, some women who take shorter. And so it is challenging. Sometimes women bring up that, gosh, you know, he has to thrust for quite some time before he reach, reaches orgasm. And it's something the main thing I would do is talk about it as a couple, talk openly about it as a couple. Another woman asks, is it biblical that you should never tell your husband no? What a great question. Can you tell your husband no? Ah, so I've covered this in previous broadcasts, but let me just quickly answer it here. We do tend to use 1 Corinthians 7, where it talks about um, marital duty, that the husband should make sure he gives marital duty to his wife. That's actually not the word in the Greek, but let's just use the term that's most commonly in the translations today, and that the wife should always make sure to uh, give her sexual responsibilities, to do her sexual responsibilities to her husband, 1 Corinthians 7. And so often that's used, to, the word duty is what's used today. And there's a problem with that word because it's a pretty negative word. And the reality is people have, from the pulpit, from different marital workshops, have said that women and men should not. Well, that's just it. They say women shouldn't say no. <laughs> and it's never addressed that men shouldn't say no either when actually you have a good chunk of couples where the wife is the one with the greater sexual desire and he is saying no all of the time. So is it biblical to say no? You know, that question really comes down to if a wife is feeling like, I don't ever want to give him sex, that's one end of the spectrum to a wife who is ill, 
to a wife who is tired. So everything in between. And I tell couples, you should be able to talk super openly. I actually teach couples how to refuse. So I might be going against the grain of a lot of different individuals who teach on sexuality in the, in the Christian churches. But I do teach couples how to say no in a way that is really giving and doesn't slam the door and doesn't leave someone feeling, feeling unloved or rejected. And so when I teach couples how to say no, I give them the language, I teach them the language of saying, well, actually, so let's say a husband comes and says, hey, I want to have sex, or he reaches across, the lights are off and he reaches across. <laughs> the big joke in, in our family is the hand, the hand comes across. And do you at any time have a right to say, well, not tonight, honey. And I encourage women, I also tell men the same thing, to say, hey, how about, can we just cuddle tonight and can we have a quickie in the morning? Hey, how about we fall asleep tonight in each other's arms and we have sex tomorrow night? In other words, put a what I'd rather do is. I would like to, to have sex with you, but what I'd rather do tonight is let's give each other back rubs and let's have sex on Saturday night and do the full-blown thing. So there is a way to refuse in a way that doesn't feel like a rejection, that isn't denying each other's needs. So is it biblical to say no? I don't even know that that question applies to the scriptures. I think it's more how we say no to each other is how we should consider that. All right. This kind of comes into This is a great question. Is role playing important? This individual said that they had been told by multiple other couples that role playing really enhances and you should do it. And it's really good. And this individual was asking, gosh, is it important? And even is it right? And again, I would actually apply this to the what's allowed list. Role playing because it can bring up the idea of sex with someone else can be problematic or it can bring up issues with I'm only aroused if it feels illicit. In other words, if you dress up in a maid's costume and I'm all of a sudden aroused because it's the idea of having sex with somebody who's not my wife, that could be problematic. And so this is an important piece to talk about. Is it wrong to be playful and and enjoy each other in different costumes in and of itself? Is there anything against that biblically? I don't really know that you could find any scripture because clothing does have a big part to play in arousal. You'll see that in Song of Solomon. Is it when you're acting like being another person? That's something to talk about as a couple. So sit down with that what's allowed list and ask yourself those questions. Is it prohibited by scripture? Is it against someone's conscience? What is the fruit of it? Does it feel like it's impacted by the corruption of the world? And is it something that you should do or it's something you should leave? And if you do do it, how does it go? So sit down with those questions to answer that. I don't ever tell people yes or no whether you should role play. I tell them look at the ramifications of it and look at the positives and negatives of it. Decide. And then if you decide to put it into practice, pay attention to how it goes and whether it ends up being a positive thing. So this would be the same answer to someone else's question, which is where's the line with role playing and with sex toys? So I'll leave that there, that sex toys, role playing, anal sex and all of the above that are connected with that are really more connected to as a couple sitting down and figuring that out. 
So here's another one. Is it normal for our desire for sex to go away as we get older? The answer for men and women, although this is a female question, is yes. So what that has to do is with sexual desire and libido. In some cases, with the majority of men and women, the desire for sexuality does lower as they age. And that has to do with a number of different factors, health, the ability to reach orgasm. It has to do with fatigue and age and many, many other factors, mental health issues with anxiety and depression, but also for some individuals, their desire for sex actually increases as they get older. And that can have to do with the fact that they are no longer having to be concerned about getting pregnant. And so they all of a sudden are enjoying sex more or they don't have children around where they have to worry about kids hearing stuff and they end up enjoying sex more or because they're not having X, Y, and Z hormonal issues any longer, they're able to enjoy sex more. So some men and some women, especially women, will say that they actually start enjoying sex after menopause more because they're not having some of the issues they had during the childbearing years. The reality is sex can and should get better in the aging years. So let me put it that way, that although you might not have desire beforehand, so this means I'm thinking about sex and wanting to have sex during the day, you know, throughout the day, that may lower through the years, but that doesn't mean that the quality of your sexual time cannot increase immensely during those years. In fact, it should increase because you get to know each other in even better and better, more intimate ways through the years. So your sex can become even better if you're continually working at making things great between you sexually. So although desire might lower, the satisfaction and enjoyment of sex can absolutely be higher in the older years. And if it is more enjoyable in the older years, then that can affect the level of desire. So really the question is more, are you enjoying sex? And you may need to really work on some things to get there. So today we have covered, wow, a lot of different issues. I want to end with one last quick one. How do I get <laughs> my husband more interested in giving me oral sex? So we've covered the gamut, toys and oral sex and anal sex. These are the kind of questions that couples ask me. How do you get your husband more interested in oral sex? He may never be more interested in oral sex. There are men, like women, who are a bit averse to the idea of the fluids and the smell of the genitals. However, it may be that you just need to open up the conversation, have a conversation, be sensitive to the fact that he might have some negative feelings about the fluids and the smells of that part of the body. And it may be that he's just embarrassed or doesn't know how to do it, or he may have had a negative experience about it. So I encourage couples, go ahead, have an open conversation about all of these different questions so that you can end up really bringing each other the kind of joy that God intends in the sexual relationship. So here's some answers to some pretty tricky questions from Jennifer Conson. Please come on in again to the next session, which will be actually from women who say sex is not going well, what kind of questions they have. Till next time. Thank you for joining us for The Art of Intimate Marriage. Now, let's be real. This is not a typical radio program, and we know it generates questions. If you have one you'd like Dr. Kanzen to address here on air, email her at jenniferkanzen at yahoo.com. Kanzen is spelled K-O-N-Z-E-N. 
jenniferkonzin at yahoo.com. We hope today's program was beneficial to you. And if you agree this unique voice should be on the air, your donations will help keep it there. To give or to get more information about the ministry, Dr. Kanzen's Center for Sexuality in San Diego, or to get more resources for improving intimacy in marriage, visit us on the web at theartofintimatemarriage.com. And for more on experiencing the marriage God designed, join us this same time next week for The Art of Intimate Marriage.